This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello, 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 friends. Welcome to episode 182 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer, and I am thrilled to be here today. I've got so many things on my mind today that I cannot wait to share with you. And the first thing is I want to remind you that this month, March 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be doing a workshop called Confusion After Breast Cancer. You can attend that workshop for free and you can register for it at thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash confused, confused, not confusion, but confused. And I just want to clarify that in case you're confused about it. (laughs) Anyway, what this workshop is, is I'm going to be talking a lot about this thought pattern that we get stuck in. And that is this place of being an I don't know. You know, we talk about how do you want to feel about that? Or how do you feel about something? I don't know. What do you want to do about something? And we think, I don't know. And we can get very stuck in, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel. I don't know what to think about this. I don't know what to say about this. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to coach, I'm going to teach a little bit first on how that happens and how we get in these thought loops and how to get yourself out of a thought loop and what is called indulgent emotions, what indulgent emotions are and how we can tend to just be in them and feel very, very good about being in them. Good in in the sense of, I don't feel good. I'm not happy about it, but I feel justified in being in this space. And then we're going to coach. So we're going to spend the last part of the call answering your questions because you can listen to me all day long. But when you ask me questions that actually apply to your life and we can coach on how you can implement the things I teach you, that's where the magic happens. So please join me. This is actually happening inside my membership. So inside of the Better Than Before Breast Cancer membership, the life coaching membership, I do workshops and coaching calls all month long. We do six of them a month. And so this is one that I was doing for my members and I thought, you know what? It's so powerful, it's so needed, and it's a place where so many survivors get stuck and suffer that I wanted to invite you all in to join us. And it's also a really special time. I'm kind of ramping things up because April is actually the anniversary for my life coaching membership. I opened the Breast Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching Membership one year ago, April in 2021. And it was called the Revived Membership Experience. I since changed the name of it because it just made so much more sense. And it's very special to me, very near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to, it actually kind of leads into what this whole show is about. Because this week when I'm recording this podcast, I'm recording it a little later than I normally do because I've been sick for the last week and I was coughing and losing my voice and it wasn't good. So I'm actually kind of glad it worked out this way 
because I've had just so much more time to reflect on what this week means to me. This week being 15 months since I was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. And that's super powerful to me. And it's one of the things that I am, one of the reasons why I started this life coaching membership. I was, before my diagnosis, I was doing my 10-week coaching program, which was called Revivify. And from Revivify, I went into, I opened another membership that was called Empower. So people who went through Revivify could join Empower and we would meet weekly and do coaching and we still do. Then I was diagnosed with stage four and I really had to stop and think about what was going to work best for my life and how I was going to manage treatment. But also it was so important to me to continue doing the work that I do, to continue working with other survivors because it's just, it's everything to me. And it took me a couple months to wrap my head around it. I finished my 10-week coaching program in December. I was diagnosed in October and I completed the that 10-week coaching program that I was in the middle or at, actually just beginning when I got diagnosed. It was the first day of the program that I got diagnosed. We finished it in December and I took from December that next couple of months to just kind of figure out how is this going to look now? How can I form something so I can still do what I love to do, support the women that I want to support and, you know, reach my life goal of working with, not just reaching, because I've reached way over 10,000 survivors through the podcast and my my workshops and um, webinars and all of that. But I wanted to work personally with 10,000 survivors and I wanted to reach through the podcast and everything else that I do, a million survivors. That was my original goal. And at first I started off with like 100,000. I want to reach 100,000 survivors, reach through my message, through anything that I do. And the coach I was working on at the time, she goes, why 100,000? Why not a million? And I kind of went like, whoa, uh, I'm going to think about that. And then I was like, yeah, why not a million? If there's a million women out there going through this, then why not a million? But I wanted to, my first goal was I want to work with 10,000. Like I want to touch you, work with you, talk to you, give you my stuff, have you, you know, do this work that I put in these challenges and programs and in my membership. And so that's how the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching Membership was born. I finally did figure out a way that I could continue doing the coaching and teaching and that it worked with the level of energy I had and the treatments that I am in and was in at the time. And so as I reflect back on that now, it's interesting. You know, the title of this podcast is The Process of Living, right? You know, when we go through life, we have no idea what's coming, right? I didn't know when I got off my last webinar and I signed up these people to do a 10-week coaching program with me that I would literally log off the webinar and get a phone call from my doctor that said, hey, you have advanced stage four cancer, right? We never know what's coming in life. And so it's an interesting thing because there's something about before breast cancer, when something happens to someone close to us, especially close in our age or younger than us, right? Something tragic, let's say cancer happens. We feel it. We have empathy for it, right? And we, we say, oh gosh, I'm so grateful for my life or we count our blessings. But when we get a diagnosis of cancer, 
something shifts, something happens, and suddenly there's an urgency of time in our life. And I know I felt that urgency in the story I just shared with you in I don't want to let this go and slip through my fingers, right? How much time do I have left in life? I want to make this dream happen. Even though before cancer, we may say, you know, we may have time-oriented goals and we may want to accomplish things by a certain date. We all know that at some point our life will end. We all know we're going to die, but we don't really wake up thinking about how much time do I have? And then when we get a diagnosis of cancer, it's shocking and horrifying and scary. And we do start to think of life in terms of time. And then when we survive treatment and we start getting back to life or figuring out how to get back to life, notice that that sense of urgency, that sense of time is still there. And that's why we have a lot of fear, right? We have a lot of fear because of the trauma That fear of recurrence, what is the fear of recurrence? That fear of recurrence is not only the dread of having to go through the awful treatments that come with treating cancer, but the fear of recurrence is the fear of loss of time, right? It's will this be the end? Will this be it for me? You know, it's interesting. I just finished listening to this book. It's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Great, 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 great story. I loved it. But in the book, there's a character and he's called like he's a dark god. And what he does is he's in the business of of bargaining with souls, right? So he's not the devil in the book. He's this god. But anyway, he makes deals with people and they sell their soul to him. And the interesting recurring theme in the book is that when he goes back to cash in on the deal, they always want more time. And I thought about that. It was really impactful, maybe because of when I'm listening to it now. And I thought, isn't that interesting? What would be enough time? And when we have breast cancer and when we're recovering from breast cancer and when that impression of breast cancer is still with us, there's this sense of what do I do at this time? Now, sometimes we can get lost in that. And what I mean by that is there's two very extreme ways that I have seen people go with this idea of time and urgency of time after cancer. And that is some go into a depression. They're so worried about and focused on how much time they might have left in life that they miss out on the time they actually have. And then on the other end of that is the fear of losing time and not getting enough done in time. And so then we have to be so uber productive that we tell ourselves we've got to do all these things and make all these things happen because we're coming from a place of scarcity of time. And then what happens as always happens When we have a feeling of overwhelm and when we're telling ourselves, I've got to get this done, I've got to do this, I've got to make this happen. Like for instance, the goals I've just shared with you, I've got to redo this membership and revamp it and make it work and reach these people because inside of me was a scarcity of time. How much time do I have? Which is so interesting because none of us never know the answer to that question. Not before cancer, not after cancer. We never know. 
But what I found in this process is that we tell ourselves we have to be so productive and accomplish so many things that what happens is we don't get in touch with ourselves, and we're not in the moment, in the process, in life, being very, very present. And so then we have all these thoughts about what we should be doing and we're not doing, which creates the feeling of overwhelm. And when we are feeling overwhelmed, 100% of the time, the result is we do nothing. We do nothing because we're overwhelmed. We don't know where to start. We don't know what to do. And see how that ties in with the confusion workshop? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should be resting more. I don't know if I should be working more. You know what? I'll just go watch Netflix, you know? And so here's the beautiful thing that I've discovered over this last year, over this last 15 months. When I was first diagnosed, I thought, okay, number one priority, my healing, my treatment. But I had this burning desire, don't have too much of a gap, right, in what I'm doing in my coaching business. Don't let it drop off. Like, I need to keep this going too. But I knew, obviously, at that time, I couldn't walk. I mean, when I went into... (laughs) I don't know if I've shared this story on the podcast before. I think I think I may have. I don't know. But I got my diagnostics and met my new oncologist on October 15th, 2020. Wonderful, wonderful man. I love this doctor. After he told me everything, you know, that he saw in the tests, I asked him, could we postpone treatment for a couple of weeks because I had a trip planned? <laughs> And I was heading out to Colorado to see my son. When I explained to him how important this trip was to me, he's so kind. And he sat back and he looked at me like, how do I help you understand what is going on here, right? And he actually said to me, I don't think you're grasping the seriousness of your situation. You should not be walking If someone bumps into you at the airport with the condition that your thoracic spine is in right now, you could be paralyzed if someone knocks into you the wrong way. Your chest is full of fluid around your lung, around your heart. I don't think you understand that when you walked these doors today, he had never met me before, and he said, all I had to go off of was the diagnostics, and I was prepared to send you to the hospital today. But then I saw you. And I saw that you look great and you're vibrant and I'm not going to put a vibrant looking person in a hospital, but we need to start treatment immediately. And so I was very bummed. I really wanted to go on my trip, but I did cancel it. I took it later. But the reason I'm sharing that is that started the process of figuring out what does life look like now? How do I embrace life? Because I firmly believe a couple of things. One, cancer is only a death sentence if you allow it to take your life while you're still living. If you ultimately die from cancer, if I ultimately die from cancer, I'm ultimately going to die from something, right? The death sentence happens while I'm still alive. And I'm not going to let that happen. That's something I firmly believe. The second thing is that when we get a diagnosis, we immediately go to, 
What did I eat? What hair dye, deodorant, um, air fresheners, right? We look at all the physical toxins, environmental toxins around us, which there's nothing wrong with that. And the more you can reduce your toxic burden, the better. And the more you can eat clean and whole foods, the better. All that is wonderful. But so often we don't talk about, so, so often we don't talk about the importance of the toxic burden in our mind. And that's why I'm going to share what went on with me in this process. What is this process of life? And I want you to know that it wasn't easy. And I, I think it's important to share that because I don't want people to look at me and go, holy cow, you know, she got diagnosed with stage four cancer in her, you know, whatever, throughout her body. And wow, she's doing a podcast and doing coaching. And oh my gosh, isn't that awesome? That's not the point. And I don't even want to be, I don't think I want to ever give that impression because there's too much of that message out there of here, this horrible thing is happening to your life and put on your pink boxing gloves and go out there and just pretend that you can handle it all. You know, it really is a process and we have to figure everything out as we go. And I think that if there's a message saying, oh, everything's just a piece of cake and I got this, that that doesn't serve any of us because I don't think that's true for anybody. You know, I mean, it's just not true. It doesn't happen like that. We have to work so much on our thoughts because we have to work on, are we coming from a place of scarcity or abundance? What are our thoughts creating in our life? How much fear are we holding on to and how can we manage that and get ourselves into a better, healthier place? And how much pressure are we putting on ourselves to make life look a certain way when it's not serving us? And by that, I mean this pressure of productivity, you know, to say, I'm here, but I should be here. I'm at point A, but I should be at point B. And looking at the thoughts of why, like, why do I have to be at point B now? Why can't I just be here where I'm at now and be in the process of moving towards what I want? Because when we deny the fact that life is a process and that when we decide to change our diet, right, that's a process. Do it a little bit at a time. We eliminate a little bit of sugar. We eliminate a little bit of white flour. We may come back to it now and then. We may binge on a key lime pie. I mean, who knows? But it's a process. And as we do it, if we're mindful and present, then we learn something about ourselves. And the more we learn about ourselves without judgment or shame, then the more in the process we are and we end up where we want to be and we look back and we say, wow, look at all the change I've created. But if we tell ourselves we're not in the right place, we should be in a different place. We should be doing more. We should be a different kind of person. Then we're missing out on what we can be learning about ourselves. We're missing out on the process of life. We're overwhelming ourselves. And once again, Nine times out of 10, you won't even take the steps to move towards that other, the other point B because you'll be so overwhelmed and bogged down in the pressure you're putting on yourself to be productive. A little bit more about that. When I decided to open the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching membership, right, I went all in. Here's the schedule. Here's what it's supposed to look like. And, and you know, a few months went by and 
I started thinking, oh, wow, I noticed that I was slipping from some of the practices that I was very dedicated to that were supporting my healing. And then I noticed some of my markers went up, right? Because my tumor markers had dropped dramatically in the first couple of months. They went from like 86 when I was first diagnosed down to 21. Amazing. The five and a half centimeter tumor that I had in my uh, lymph nodes, my auxiliary lymph nodes, gone right? By the beginning of 2021, it was gone. And, and I'm not saying it was just my practice. It was everything, right? It was my medicine. It was the radiation. It was the chemotherapy. It was all the things that I was doing, my lifestyle included. But then I noticed as I started feeling better, I started getting more focused on productivity. Got to be productive, got to be productive. And then one day I was like, wow, I'm acting like I don't have cancer. What do I think about that? On the one hand, I thought, well, that's great because I want to be a healthy person who's healed from cancer. So I want to live like that. But I also noticed that was I paying enough attention to the thought practices and to the self-care practices as I was in the beginning, right? When my tumor markers dropped so, so, so much. And so I looked at it and said, okay, where am I, where do I, could I use a little more balance here? I'm starting to feel so productive, like I'm booked solid, right? With everything that I'm doing. And so I took a step back to rethink that. And I looked at it and said, okay, in a perfect world, what would I want this to look like? How much time do I really want for myself? Do I want to live a life where I'm not ever paying attention to the fact that I have cancer, where I'm allowing you know, really deep self-care practices and meditation and ceremonial things to fall by the wayside. And I didn't want that to happen. I did want to live like a person who doesn't think of cancer every moment, and I still do live like that. So it was this process, right? And I struggled with it. I struggled with how do you not be so productive? And then why do I think I need to be so productive? Why can't I allow myself to just be? And treasure that. Just be without saying, I got to get to the next thing. Just be without thinking, I've got to make the next dollar bill. Just be and feel good about it and not guilty about it and not shaming myself about it and not holding something else over my head. And that was a real process. And so I shared in the beginning that I had been struggling with a respiratory Uh, cold the last week or so. And even in that, I thought, okay, you know what? I need to stop. I mean, I have cancer in the fluid around my lung. I need to be mindful of this, right? I don't want anything to escalate into bronchi. It wasn't COVID. I got tested, uh, but I didn't want anything to escalate. And so I had to look at what my schedule was and what was going on and say, don't push it. Take this time for yourself. And even in the life coaching membership, I actually called another life coach that I know who's amazing breathwork practitioner and and mindset coach and had her step in and do one of my coaching calls for me because I really needed time. And I thought about that when I took that time and I thought about how we struggle so often with allowing people to support us and help us and with allowing our brain to just turn off And allowing ourselves to just sit in bed and read a book without any pressure or guilt. 
without telling ourselves we should be somewhere else, we should be doing something else, we should be pushing harder. It's so beautiful when we can look at life as a process and we can stop and evaluate where we're at in the process without judgment. I think that there's so much to be learned there. And as I reflect back on these last 15 months of my life, the whole time has been a process. Noticing where my mind was at with respect to my health and respect to my coaching, respect to my family, noticing where I felt out of balance. And I think I've said on the podcast before, I like to have fun. I like my social life where I was doing too many even social things and feeling like I wasn't managing my energy correctly and needing to say no and looking at what is balance and how am I planning my life from a place of love and abundance and where is it that it's scarcity is sneaking in and I'm planning life and I'm doing things that feel like I'm doing them because I'm all in and living abundantly, but I'm doing them because there's a little bit of scarcity underlying it saying, you better get this shit done now because God knows how much time you have, right? And so I've had to look at that very closely. And I talk about it here because I know that so many of you struggle with this. Again, there's those two sides, right? There's the overproductive side of when we are feeling a scarcity of time. And then there's the depressed and just shut off way that people often go when they feel like, oh gosh, something might shorten the time I have for this life. As I said before, and as that book I shared with you brought out, there's never enough time. If I was 82 years old, would I want more time so I could be 92 years old? I think I would. So I think of all of the lessons I've learned that the truth, the real truth of embracing the moment and being in the moment and managing all of the thoughts and emotions that we are experiencing, which is so vitally important. It is equally, actually, it's more important, I think, than what we put in our mouth. Because honestly, if you don't have your thoughts right, then whatever else you do logistically for yourself, however else you manage your relationships, your environment, your food, it's not going to be long lasting because you've got to get your thoughts right and that keeps you from relapsing into unhealthy lifestyle habits. And I think that just one of those key thoughts is that understanding that it's not about how much time. It's all about... What do I need today? And where am I coming at today from? Am I coming at today from a place of this abundant life and how can I enjoy my day? Or am I coming at my day from a place of fear and scarcity and what if this is my last day? So I offer this to you and I hope you can embrace this idea of the process of life, of the process of figuring life out. And it's more than just like we say, you know, it's all about the journey. It's not about the destination. But when we're in, I call it the process because we're constantly doing things and evaluating and reevaluating. Like it's okay to be in these places of discomfort where you're like, oh, I'm here and I really want to be there or I feel like 
there's too much time, you know, time is a sieve and it's leaking out over here. It's okay to be in these uncomfortable places. And yet we judge ourselves because we think we should be better. We think things should be better. We think things should be different. And I just don't think that that's always the case, you know? It's okay that things are a hot mess sometimes because that's the process of life. And we can be present in those times. And when we are, we learn so much about ourselves. So I hope that gives you a little bit of space for more understanding of yourself, for more, I don't know, authenticity for yourself, just to be where you are and be who you are. And if you are feeling overwhelmed or you are feeling like you don't know what to do and you're stuck and, and this process thing, how does this work? Come and join me. I would love to work with you. I would love to coach you. You can join me at the Confusion After Breast Cancer Workshop. It's for free, but you register so you can get the email communications that are leading up to the workshop. You can register at thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash confused or join me in the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching Membership. It is open for enrollment until the end of April. And I have some very, very special spaces that are lifetime memberships. And they come with 12 hours of one-on-one personal coaching with me, along with other benefits. And you get everything that's in the Life Coaching Membership now and everything that comes in the future. It's a smoking deal, and I decided to do it for this one-year anniversary. So take advantage of it check out the membership and email me if you have questions. You can find all the details for the life coaching membership at thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash life coaching. I'm telling you it's it's a life-changing experience like doing this work, doing self-coaching, getting support through coaching and doing this thought work is just an amazing experience. And I always love it because I always love seeing my members and just how changing the way they think changes their lives in such positive ways. So I encourage you to come and join me in that as well. And I will talk to you again next week. So please be good to yourself until then and expect others to be good to you as well. Take care. You've tamed the voices in your head. You've put your courage to the test. Laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before. Your heart is full and wanting more. Your future's at the door. Give it all you got. No hesitating. You've been waiting all your life. This is your moment.